0: Mitä pelataan podcast. My favorite games of all time that I own. 2020 edition part 10 positions 18 to 10. Welcome, welcome. So we have only 2 episodes left of this list, and this is the second last of them. On today's list there are a few Heavier games, not necessarily heavier games But there are not even one light game today Most games are long today Some are shorter, some can be shorter But the playtime can be quite long in some of these There are five games on the list that were there earlier When I made this last time And four of them were in the top Ten games and one has come up a bit. And four are new games to me that I hadn't played earlier. They came directly this high to the list. And without further ado, let's get to the list. On eighteenth place in this list is a game. Designed by Jeroen Domen and Joris Wiersinga. It's published on 2015 and it's the newest game by Splotter, Four Chain Magnet. Four Chain Magnet is an economic game. It can be really brutal. You can really, really screw the other players' plans in this game. And it has lots of different things in it. It looks very difficult and seems that it's a very difficult game to learn but once you get to play it it's not that difficult really it can take a while it depends on these cards that you reveal when the bank ends the first time it's not necessary to play with them maybe depends how hardcore you have to play the game you can just agree a default that how much money comes to the bank especially if there are people who haven't played earlier, so maybe it's difficult to understand the meaning of that card if you haven't played earlier. It's important to get these milestones or what are they called? That like the freezer or fridge or whatever it's called. And be the first to do something because when that milestone is taken, no one else can take it. And I really like the system in this game that you hire people and then you pay the salary and then you decide also that who will you activate that round and you have a certain number of activations depending on your managers and that is really really good mechanism in this game and also this (laughs) selling the things is very interesting that you take the shortest route and according to the price of the item it either is sold or is not sold and you have to market no one in the town knows that what is a hamburger if you don't market a hamburger or they don't know what is a pizza unless they see it in an ad it's like people nowadays they see an ad somewhere especially in social media and then they want that it doesn't matter what it is they just want that but yeah it also has very (laughs) good criticism in parts of the game in my opinion i like the small clues in the game that splotter left there and i actually like the artwork a lot Some people say that it doesn't look good but I think it looks really good because it's trying to reflect that era of diners how it was in the US as far as I know I'm not in the US so I don't know but I get that feeling it feels like happy days and these places where Fonzie was and Richie and who others were in that group but it really brings that feeling to me even the woman in the cover is almost like the Richie's sister or who was that who was waiting at that diner anyway in my opinion this is also thematic game not just a engine of economy and i want to play this more and more but that requires me teaching it to many people so there will be lots of first games first and then can really begin playing this properly here i also have the expansion Of course I had to get it, for variation, I haven't really touched it yet, but it seems to make the game different and basically you can play this for the rest of your life without getting bored, probably. Especially if you like the theme like I do. On the 18th position in my list, Food Chain Magnate. On 17th spot in the list is another splotter game, (laughs) <laughs> this is from 1999. It was reprinted last year by Capstone Games and I really hope that Splotter lets Capstone print other games as well that are out of print and they have no plans on printing necessarily because this came out very good and very well. It's also designed by Jeroen Domen and Joris Wiersinger and it is Bus. Bus is a, how should I say, it's really easy game the rules are so simple there are just certain things that you do you have these cylinders that you use to choose the accents. when the cylinders end your game ends so you have that certain number of actions during the whole game and in the game you're trying to move passengers from where they are to where they should go so like from home to work from work to pub and from pub to home and then you can make time warp of a thing that the time doesn't change that they don't want to go where they are supposed to go according to the round order or the turn order and you can buy more buses to your company you can create routes and place passengers and the only (laughs) difficult rule to explain in this game is this maximum number of buses so when you choose an action whatever you do can be at most the maximum number of buses meaning that if some player has two buses others have one if you choose a a road action whoever does it first can make two roads. and also this placement mechanism is very good that you place your cylinder somewhere then someone else places and when you execute the actions some might not even get the actions so they are wasting the cylinders that they have this is really 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 good game It says in BoardGameGeek that the playtime is 120 minutes, that's nonsense, this is a one hour game if you don't spend too much time thinking. You should just play and have fun. I really really like this reprint, especially from Capstone Games. And what they made so superbly in this game is that they have colored mini grip packs, I mean this sealable plastic bags in the game, that you can put all the parts according to the color in that color bags. That is a fantastic thing to do. Why doesn't all games do it? So that it, the red player has a red pack, blue has blue, green has green, and yellow has yellow. Maybe it's too modern thinking for the German producers and publishers, but that is a fantastic thing. So small thing, but so good. And fits my gaming Life almost perfectly because i always sort the pieces so that i give one back or one box or something to every player and everything is there that they need so that it makes the beginning of the game much easier at least in those games that it works and this is also like the previous one <laughs> i need to teach this in this area and then just play 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 because this is really easily approachable and good game also and also in this one, I really like the artwork, like in the previous one. Splatter has my heart with the artwork, at least in the games that I've played. On seventeenth position in the list, Bass and this and the Fortune Magnet were new to the list, by the way, and new games to me as well. On sixteenth position in the list is a game that was on ninth position in my list last time this is from 2016 it's designed by Flaminia Brasini, Virginia Gigli, and Simone Luciani it's published by Cranio Creations and it's Lorenzo il Magnifico this came down because i haven't played it for a while but i i really enjoy this game especially with the expansion it just somehow how can i say sings to me this mm, dice Placement and this uh, engine building and resource management Everything works so well together in this game and this again It's been a while since I played it last time at least a year, so I don't remember that well that how it worked, but You collect cards and they give different bonuses and then you get points and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins And you take the cards from these towers there are towers and then you also have to remember that there's a Pope If you disappoint the Pope you're getting penalized. I don't know what the Pope will do to you. Maybe doom you to hell or something, but you have to balance different things in the game and also build your engine good enough, well enough for you to do extra things in the game. This box might look really boring or maybe not. I also like the artistic touch in this, the pattern and everything. But some people might think that it's boring and not play it for that reason or not even take it for that reason but I think this is worth trying out this game. It will go steadily down if I don't get to play it again but currently it's on the 16th position Lorenzo il Magnifico. The game on the 15th position is the only one that has come up from the games that were on the list last time when I made this. It was last time on twenty-fourth position. This is from two thousand thirteen. It's designed by Aaron Dill, John Kowaleski, and Cian Swegard, and published by Gale Force Nine. It's the biggest game I have. Biggest meaning that it needs the most table space, especially if you are even considering putting expansions to the table. And I have maximum 2 meters times 1.1 meter table i have two removable pieces of 100 times 110 centimeters so it can be 220 times 100 or 200 times 120 and this game with four players takes almost the whole space because i don't have any place where to place the cards for different locations but this takes so much space it takes more space than arkham horror Although I didn't try Arkham Horror 2nd edition with expansions, because I don't have them. This is a really good game, and you are basically, if you know the Firefly series, you are this crew of scoundrels and you're up to no good, you are misbehaving or not, it has a bit of a luck factor, maybe a bit too much. But it all depends on a mission. You have a mission that you're supposed to accomplish, who accomplishes all the parts of the missions first, finish the game. This is a basically pick up and deliver. You fly from planet to planet, you deliver things, smuggle things, or you do tasks or different types of missions. It depends on the cards that you have. You hire crew, get items, equipment, uh, make your ship better. And yeah, it's like a sandbox space game and i really like the theme in the game the only negative thing in this game is that it can last really 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 long board game geek says that it's 120 to 240 minutes i would double that if it's the first time you play it's minimum two hours for the first time you play even with the mission printed from online that makes it just about collecting money or makes it easier to get to know the game in the first play but I would say that this is minimum three hour game. Minimum. Maybe an hour per player, I think it lasts. And I don't know if I would want to play this really with four players. Three might be the best for this. So it keeps moving, you don't get that much downtime. And that might be the way to play it. I really like it, the team is great, the game is also great. And I like getting the different things for yourself and building everything up to the best it can be. On fifteenth position in the list Firefly the game and Nathan Fillion is great still. On fourteenth position in the list is a shared space this game, one of these was on the second place in the list last time. It was quite soon after i had played the game so maybe that was the newness and now because i haven't played that version of the game of these two that one version that was on the second place last time i haven't played it since that so this had to come down a bit i mean if something would have been in the top 10 and it was either a very short game or i haven't played it many enough times more than once then it came down I just took it down from there and this because I hadn't played that many times the other version either but now I've played it online quite a few times. This would maybe be a bit higher but now it's on 14th position. The original game is from 2012 and the new version is from 2017, one is on on the land, one is in space, both are designed by Jens Streugermüller and Helge Ostertag and they are Terra Mystica and Gaia project by Feuerland Spiele. I've played Terra Mystica more because I've played it online quite a lot this summer and it's really bad that they don't have the expansions online because I want to try with the expansion races I have in the physical copy I have, I have the uh, Fire and ice, and also the merchant's expansions, I should try them, but this the Rams something that I don't really want to teach on the table. It's not a difficult game. It's not that heavy either, but it's so much better to learn it online, and then when you've played it online, then begin playing it on the table. And I think that on the table, if I would choose one to play, I would go eight out of ten times for Gaia Project. But, because I've played Terra Mystica so much more than Gaia project, this is why they share this spot. They are similar enough to be on the same place. In Terra Mystica you are trying to expand your area and get most points at the end of the game. Basically, it has too many different things, small things to explain here. But everyone has a race. All the races have... Different player powers and different color and you can build your area. You have workers, you have money, you have priests and you have five different buildings. You have dwellings. Dwellings become trade houses if you upgrade them. Trade houses you can upgrade to temples or you can make it directly to a stronghold. And temples you can upgrade to sanctuary. Stronghold gives a bonus to each race and all those bonuses are different for every race and uh, yeah (laughs) that's basically the game you expand the area and you try to be close to each other but not too close to each other and you can transform the terrain there's different types of terrains all the races can build on a terrain of their own and others can't build on that terrain but it has to be changed and then you can build on that gaia project changes that game so that it's space and you build uh, connections between planets in the space, and then you have this science track. In Terra Mystica you have a, a temple track for different elements, water, air, fire and earth, and then when you go up you can power, and in Gaia project you have science track, you get different bonuses when you go up on that. Basically otherwise the basic mechanisms are similar, but Gaia project is let's say modernized I like that more than Terra Mystica, but I should play it more. Mm. It also feels that it might be a bit easier even than Terra Mystica to understand, to grok, so to say, for new players that is. In Terra Mystica you can do things in so many different ways and there is the best way to do things. And when you play with experienced players, you see that you play with experienced players because you have no chance. And in Gaia Project, I think that you are more forgiven for your mistakes than in Terra Mystica. I mean, in the means of being able to compete, both of these have this power system. I will explain about Terra Mystica because that's in recent memory. You have three different bowls that you have some power cubes in, and then when you gain power, you can gain power in different way. You move the power discs. From the third ball to second ball, and then if the third ball is empty, from second ball to first ball, and you can use them from the first ball. And with the power, you can do different actions that are competed between the players, and then you can transform the power into something else. It's very important to understand that mechanism in these games when you play. But anyway, I really want to play Gaia Project on the table soon, as soon as possible. And this will probably go higher than, and maybe Terra Mystica will fall. Terra Mystica was low on my list last time, or I don't even know if it still was on the list. I don't remember. And Gaia Project was higher, but now I play Terra Mystica so much more that I combine these two. But they might separate again after I play Gaia Project more, as it seems to be a better game. On the fourteenth position in this list. Gaia Project and Terra Mystica or Gaia Mystica or Terra Project up to you what you choose on the 13th position in the list is again a space game a bit similar to Firefly but not that much similar to Firefly it's a sandbox game that happens in space 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 It's designed by Cody Miller and published by Far-Off Games and I should really try it with the expansion As it seems that the expansion makes it better and also it makes it Valid as a two-player game and this is Xaya Legends of a Drift system This is a sandbox style pick up and deliver game again except that you can do other things as well You can upgrade your ship you can fly around, you can collect money, you can go to planets, make trades, attack each other, you can collect bounties, you can become a criminal, it's a sandbox style game. I played western legends before this and I played Xire quite soon after I played western legends and I immediately sold western legends. That's just a personal opinion but this is by far the superior of the two, and I don't need both of them in my collection. Western Legends was also good, but I don't need two of these kinds of games in my collection. This is more freeform than the Firefly earlier, and you can do more things in this, so this is more sandboxy than the Firefly. Firefly is more pick up and deliver, this is more sandbox. That's why they are both here. In my opinion, one of them doesn't replace the other one, but I don't really know in the long run. Do I need both? And if I don't, I don't know which one would I choose because I like the team in Firefly so much. But yeah, XAYA is a game where you fly your ship and do things and (laughs) try to get the most fame and be the most praised or legendary captain. On the 13th position in this list, XAYA, legends of a drift system. on the 12th position in the list is a new game to me last one today this is from 2017 it's by Eagle Griffin Games and i was looking at the kickstarter if i should pack it but the delivery costs were ridiculous like eagle griffin usually have for these bitalla zara games at least and this is lisboa ah uh, how to say this game, if set up, and you have no idea of the game, looks like you're going to have brain melting out from your ears, <laughs> but it's really not that difficult. It has lots of accents that are combined to each other, but everything works well together and it's logical. After you play a bit, you understand the logic and it just works, it works and flows very smoothly. It is not even close to as heavy as it looks. World Geek says that it's heaviness is 4.56. I don't agree. This time I'm sure not like with the Newton earlier, if you listened to the list earlier. The weight 4.56 probably comes from you having many decisions to do, but those are limited by your hand that what you can do and what places are open. So it limits that if you would be able to do everything then it would be heavier. Maybe it's also the rules, maybe it's because this has this player aid, but so did Food chain magnet that wasn't this heavy. And I don't know, this is not really that heavy, it didn't feel that heavy. Because when you understand it, it flows very well. Maybe for someone who hasn't played it earlier and hasn't played many heavy games, this might be heavy or seem heavy, but it really works quite flawlessly. Everything works together. So it just flows although all the accents have combined accents with another accents basically you try to gain the favors from the different people in Lisbon after the earthquake and tsunami and fires <laughs> and while rebuilding you try to build it so that you build your own shops into the best locations in the city that will give you the most points and you get the best benefits and This has so many different actions to explain. But you play with cards. You play a card and you choose what to do with it. Either you go to the people or you do something else on the card. And then whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins the game. Most wigs in this game. But still. This is too complicated to explain anymore. But everything works well together in this. Vital Lazarda almost flawlessly combined the... Accents to each other here and it also feels thematic and I like that. It's so blue and it looks a bit like Lisboa I've been there and Also for that reason I can somehow a bit Connect this to that city and now if I would go and I hopefully will go one day again But hopefully there are no truck dealers as open as (laughs) last time I don't want to talk to them at every corner then I will Look at this game and see the places, and maybe I try to find the specific streets and areas that are depicted in this game. It might be very cool. Also, it might be cool to play this there, but I'm not carrying this. It's a bit heavy to carry in a plane anywhere, and big. But anyway, this is something uh, that kind of a game that I would really want to play quite often. Also, it's not that long as. You Might think it says in Board Game Geek that 60 to 120 minutes, but those are lies. It's minimum three hours or about three hours for the first game. And I think in the beginning it's 60 minutes per player, and at the very minimum, it can be half an hour per, per player. So you can count from there, and that is very minimum if you played it many times and you know exactly what you're doing and what does what. Maybe not at that point because then you might try to minimax the points, <laughs> but anyway. This is a great game, and I'm looking forward to playing this more. On twelfth position in this list, Lisboa. On eleventh position in this list is a game that was on the sixth place last time I made this. This is published on 2011. It's published by Ravensburger and Alea designed by Stefan Feld and this is Castles of Burgundy this is a great two-player game especially you have area where you build buildings and get points from the buildings you can build rivers different buildings in a city you can build mines castles and pastures that have different animals and also these special buildings What are they called? I don't know, remember what they are called. Anyway, these yellow tiles. Brown were the city and yellow were the special ones. I don't remember now what they are called. I have the older version of the game, not the new one. I don't like the color scheme in the new one. I think this old one looks like it should look and is like it should be. When you build something, you get different bonus or different points. You get lots of points from different things in this game. And then you can combo some things. You can collect goods and then you can trade those goods and then you get points and <laughs> everything again in this one, like in all Stefan Feld's games, everything works together. You can't do just one thing. You have to do things that go together with some other thing that makes some other thing better. And here you roll dice and then you choose a die and whatever number of pips it shows, you take a tile from the board or do something else with it you can adjust the pips on the die using a worker and it's been a while since we played this last time (laughs) actually it seems that i forgot even some rules in the game although there are not that many basically you just play a certain number of rounds and every round has different phases that you choose a die and place the tile and then you have to build the die even separately you can't Build the building directly from the board. You first have to take it, then you build it. So that makes it into a very good puzzle, trying to decide what you should do at what point and how to best manage to do well in the game. And this is really just a two-player game for me. I don't know if I even want to play it with more players. I haven't, and I don't think I even want to. On eleventh position in this list, Castles of Burgundy. The game on the 10th position is here because I hadn't played it since making the list last time and I had played it only once. But if I would make this list now, it would go back to the top 10. This is from 2013. It's published by What's Your Game and designed by Nuno Bizarro Santiero and Paulo Soledad. And this game is based on the best not maybe the best but the most relaxing place in the world, Madeira. Madeira was on the fourth place in my list last time when I made this. It came down for the same reason as that. Gaia Project had come down earlier because I haven't played it for a while, but since I made this list, I've played this in Board Game Arena and <laughs> this should be on the way back to the top. 9 But this is still in top 10, it's the 10th game. Madeira is a quite heavy game. In my opinion, this is heavier than Lisboa. They're both based in Portugal, but that doesn't (laughs) matter in this case. But this is a really, really tight game. If you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to win the game. Unless everyone are in the same place. If you're playing against someone who has played it earlier, you are going to lose. But don't... Very. it doesn't matter, that's not the point of the game. The board game arena implementation is quite good actually. The only thing there that is annoying me is that using this windmill track it sometimes doesn't ask you, it doesn't ask you all the time, or doesn't remind you that do you want to use it, you have to remember to use it when you try to use it, but it's not a big deal, otherwise the game works very well and it's very good to play there. I'm up for Madeira if someone wants to play. Preferably someone who has played before, please tell me if you want to play, I can play. And I'm waiting for the collector's edition. I just only took the updated parts from the kickstarter. That and the expansion, whenever they are able to deliver, I want them. And Madeira is a game where you have three different regions. And two of the regions have two buildings each, and one region has one building, and then there are character tiles that are randomized and you go to locations and you can use pirates, and you select a place using dice. The dice have phases from one to three, and depending on the phase, you can choose where you go. To area three, you need three value die, and to area one, you can go with any value die, And if you don't have enough high die, then you pay something in between. You farm things from the land. You first have wheat, it turns into sugar, it turns into grapes. When the modern government decides that now the grapes are more important and so on. And you have to adjust your play. If you are able to make your strategy from the beginning of the game, you will make very well in this game. Every round you have to score a tile, not every round, sorry, first, third and fi- fifth round, if I remember right, you have to score tiles. First round you score one, f- third round you score two tiles, and fifth round you score three tiles. You get one scoring tile in the beginning, and every round you take one scoring tile, depending on which dice you take. So there are a lot of things that <laughs> work together, and depending where you take the dice, that guilds, nobles refresh and this is so 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 many things that are tied to each other and never enough things to do and when you play this don't fear the reaper don't fear the pirates the pirates don't hurt you as much as you think that they would unless you can stay at zero you can try to stay at zero if it doesn't ruin your game just play your game everyone will take pirates try to reduce them if you can, but don't make it your tactic to, or strategy to stay at zero pirates. They are more useful than they are harmful to you if you collect them, usually. I'm not going to explain the game more because it's <laughs> very mixed and like I said, this is more heavy than Lisboa in my opinion. This says 4.28 in a board game geek. like this whole list today has been a bit heavy on the heavier side. I think this is the heaviest game that is on today's list. And I think this might be heaviest game in my whole list. If you think complexity-wise. Because everything is tied together with everything. And everything affects everything. And it's very easy to forget something. But Board Game Arena helps with that. Because you can see everything quite clearly. And you, if you play it turn-based, you can think longer than you would be able to at the table. Because otherwise the game would last like forever it says import game geek that the playtime is 60 to 150 minutes this is lies again the first game you will play at least three hours and even after that it's minimum half an hour per player minimum i would think that it's maybe three hours with four players even if you have played earlier because there are so many things to think and what things to do and Also things to count at some points. But Board Game Arena does it for you. I'm not (laughs) advertising Board Game Arena. I'm not. I will much rather play everything on the table. But this kind of long games that is possible to play turn-based. And that work well or good to play in Board Game Arena. Also some short games and drafting games and card games. But in any case I'm not advertising Board Game Arena. I'm (laughs) saying that this is a good game. And that's about it for... Madeira the game on the tenth position in my list. So that was the list this time. only one more to go. We got into top 10, but just barely. Next time there are nine games left. If you want, you can send me an email and try to guess my top nine. Let's see if anyone can guess in the correct order probably nobody i don't think so at least but i'm not making this long it's already long enough episode so like always thank you for listening and i hope you listen in the future as well and comment just now when i was recording this uh rotosherra or rotosherra commented on board game arena that the musics were a bit loud louder than the speech so i tried to I adjust them. In the previous episode, I tried to put it a bit down because I noticed when editing that the music was too loud at some point. But today I'm talking a bit louder because I'm talking closer to the microphone. I'm trying to adjust so that your ears don't bleed or break or even hurt, for your convenience. So keep on commenting. It's nice to get some comments and some feedback, and maybe we'll play something in board game arena if you send me a message. I'm ZUXI, there Zuxi. You can find this podcast in SoundCloud at Mitapelatan. Also, you can find it from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It should be able to be found by searching Mitapelatan. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter by Mitapelatan. There's a page in Facebook Mitapelata. I have a blog mitapelataan.wordpress.com where I have written reviews and other stuff. All the links are collected at linktree forward slash You can send me email to mitapelataan at gmail.com if you wish. Communicate somehow and like always, thank you for listening, bye bye. Thanks for the music to Dreamboarder. You can send me email at gmail. You can send me email at mitellatan at gmail.com. You can send me email at mitpeltan. You can send me email to Mitellatan at gmail.com if you wish.